Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Your host, William Powell, the king of DC media. What's going on, everyone? It is I, William Powell, your host from the East Coast, a.k.a. Mr. Ubiquitous, a.k.a. the king of DC media. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight's guest is director, writer, and Wells of the upcoming comedy zombie feature film, A Zombie Named Ted, which reminds us that not all zombies are monsters. But before we get to Anne, here's a word from our sponsor. Tonight, tonight was a good night. You fought well, and for that we have these fortunes. Some say that money is the root of all evil, but I don't believe that. Evil is the root of all money, and you, my big friend, you are evil. I'm Marshall Everett, and I don't always make money, but as a member of Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, I always save money. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, federally insured NCUA. Membership open to federal employees and their families. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, a proud sponsor of the Inside Acting Radio Show. And if you'd like to advertise on the show, contact me at win 400 at yahoo.com. Subject line ad. Be sure to check out my column, DC Actors Examiner. Find it by Googling DC Actors Examiner. And you can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, the uh, handle there is inside underbar acting. And now, switching gears to Ann Wells. Ann is an Emmy nominated producer and 11 year veteran writer director who has earned her journey from the ground up. And now this movie is uh, starring Naomi Grossman from American Horror Story. And a zombie named Ted, it's going to be a feature-length comedy horror film, and it eventually will become a series. A zombie called Ted is much, much more than a movie. So I want you to go out and search a zombie named Ted at William, I mean at uh, kickstarter.com. Or you can simply navigate to www.azamienamedted.com. So I see that uh, Anne has uh, joined us, so let me bring her on in. Hi. Good evening. How are you? 
I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on the show. So I got to ask you, who is Ted and how did he become a zombie? Well, Ted's kind of an ordinary guy. Um, he works in a in a very depressing environment in sort of an industrial kind of a an environment where everybody's a little zombie like and um he goes on vacation and meets some uh, very well meaning voodoo priests who accidentally turn him into a zombie when they're trying to do a good luck ritual with him. And um so he doesn't realize this. He sort of wakes up not feeling very well and comes back home and is having, you know, some issues, which he thinks are just kind of like skin problems. And um, uh, so it takes him a while. He's basically a zombie in denial. He doesn't know he's a zombie. His friends, his his family, his coworkers are starting to go, you know, something's wrong here. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so he he goes to therapy, of course, because that's what you do. And um, he goes to therapy and uh, through therapy sort of learns to come to terms with the fact that he's a zombie. And he also falls in love with a vampire named Livia, who is also in denial. (laughs) What a concept. What a concept. Now, you just said that the coolest cover art, I saw the cover art at your website. It's amazing. Who created it? Yeah, that is a guy named Brian, and he's um, he's so talented. I met him at um, oh gosh, AwesomeCon, um, which was in DC a few months ago, and his artwork was just so incredible. And um, so I I met him and got his card, and I basically um, commissioned that piece you know I had him read the script I had uh you know we tossed around some ideas and um that's what he came up with and it's just gorgeous I'm so proud of that piece of of work and then uh my good friend um Charles um who is a um um graphic design artist took it and basically turned it into a poster yeah, it's it's very very eye catching, and it, I think it says a lot about the film. It makes it basically it does what a, a poster is supposed to be. It makes you want to go see the film. Yeah, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you kind of go, "What what is going on there?" <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what those people are doing. So yeah, yeah. So we tried to you know we tried to combine the the horror and the comedy that's in the movie in the in the poster and and Brian Woodward just did a wonderful job of um, you know basically taking the concept of the film and and you know turning it into a piece of art. That's right, right on. I see you have some interesting perks. Now you can actually sit in on a production meeting. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so we tried to really, we did one other Kickstarter campaign, and this, so this is our second one. And, um, you know, this time we tried to really think outside the box, and really um, one of the ways we approached it this time was 
we we kind of thought, okay, what are all of our groups of people, you know, within our, you know, our world? Like, who who are there? You know, there's there's your family. There's you know the the people in the business that you've worked with before. They're the people that you've taught before. You know, there are these kind of you know if you sort of divide up your you know your group, you know your life into communities, and then sort of think what would that community want? You know what would what would that group of people what would excite that group of people? And um, so and that was actually Christy Collins's idea. She's the one basically heading up this this um, Kickstarter campaign and that was her idea and I just thought that was a brilliant way of going about it was just sort of sit down and go okay this community would be interested in this but not in this you know but this community would be really interested in that sort of try to have something for everybody so yeah you can sit in on production meetings up at the higher levels you can do really cool things we tried to make the you know we tried to really sort of take that concept of you know you want feel like if you're pledging money to a crowdfunding campaign that you're getting your money's worth. So, you know, at the $10,000 level, you actually get flown into LA, you and, and someone else, and, and you stay in a, in, a, in a nice hotel and you get a limo ride to the premiere and, you know, tickets to the premiere and to the after party. And so we tried to make it so that each thing you know, uh, at each level, you would get something that you would get excited about. And right and on. Claire, uh, you know, the one of the one of the rewards we have that's kind of throughout several of the other things is that uh, one of our friends, Claire, is just really good with um, crocheting, and so she made this little zombie head that's 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 a that's a coaster basically. And so she has been crocheting every night and has now made a whole bunch of these, each one completely different, you know, in color and and everything and with unique characteristics. And um, so those are part of our, you know, those are handmade just for this. So we have some really cool perks. It's definitely worth checking out. If you go to kickstarter.com and then just search a zombie named Ted, there's some fun things on there. Yeah, they were they're very very creative, very outside of the box. So, how did you snag uh, Naomi Grossman? Well, that was um, due to the, the the way we went about that was we reached out to a casting director in L.A., um, Billy Demota and and Dee Vice. They they actually work together, and um, so we reached out to them. They're friends of um, and have worked many times before with one of the act in our movie, um, Mark Irvington. And so he had a long history with them and put us in contact with them. And um, so essentially, you know, we paid them a fee to be our casting associates. Um, I, I mean, they're not really casting associates. I mean, they're casting directors, but, um, but they don't, they're not casting the entire film, but they're going out to name actors for us. So, um, we started with Naomi Grossman. That was Billy Demota's idea, and it was just such a brilliant idea. She's all over the place, and she's she's just great for you know for half of this genre, for the horror genre. But she's also really kooky, um, you know, and quirky um, as a person, and in the stuff that she does. And this movie is very quirky, so she just sort of fit perfectly, and. Um, so we went out to her, and she accepted, and we were just 
thrilled. And, you know, we went through the whole process of, you know, going back and forth through the, the contract deals with our lawyer and her lawyer and, you know, all of that stuff. And um, everyone was super nice to work with. We don't need to be, you know, separating the M&Ms for her. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. At least she hasn't yet asked for, you know, all red M&Ms in a bowl or anything like that. She's just been super, super nice and down-to-earth and really great. So I'm very excited to work with her. Absolutely. That, that's awesome. But speaking of casting, did you find yourself casting based on comedic chops? I mean, of course, that's really, really important. I mean, comedy as a genre is very difficult. You have to have people who can carry comedy. Um, but it also depends on the role. You know, you've got to have some straight men, you know, thrown in there. You've got to have some people that are basically just a straight man to bounce the comedy off of. You know, I did a little bit of both. I'm really lucky because I was in L.A. for 10 years. So, you know, in, in Southern California, you know, for 10 years. And so a lot of my friends are still there, and I met you know, a lot of very, very funny comedians there who I'm still very close to. So um, casting for me is always relatively easy because, you know, I'm not, I don't need to, for most roles, I don't need to, you know, cast a wide net. I can pick up the phone and make some phone calls, you know. So, um but I did discover some really wonderful talent, um, and a great example is a local guy, um, Chad Eric Smith, who um, is just oh, yes. a real... Was? Yes, yes. He's been on the show before. Yeah. Chad is just fabulous, and he is, um, you know, he's a character actor, so he loves to take characters and you know and go to town with them and make it so that you don't recognize him one character to the next and so one of the exciting things in this is that we chad is basically playing three different roles in the movie and he's the only person I'm, i'm doing that with and um and it's exciting to me to be taking one of the dc actors you know a very talented dc actor with us you know when we're shooting in l.a and to be able to take him along, you know, um, and kind of, you know, there are a million actors in L.A. and a million great actors in L.A. And um, but it's great to be taking kind of one of our own along, you know, um, for the ride in such a big, such a major, you know, two big roles and one small role he's playing. And he'll be completely different in each one of them. And so I, I'm, I'm very excited about that. That's fantastic. That that's really fantastic. Which kind of piques my curiosity. Now, this movie. Now, you get the the Kickstarter campaign, but uh, what other forms of financing have you looked at? Well, you know, Kickstarter campaign is great. Crowdfunding is really nice, but it doesn't raise the kind of money that you need for a film like this. You know, we're a two hundred thousand dollar budget, so. Um, I've learned a lot about that in the last couple of years. I can tell you that um, it's, uh, you know, most of the money is going to have to come from business partners. So, you know, we have a, a very thoroughly, carefully written business plan. We have an LLC, you know, we have an attorney, we have an operating agreement that goes with that LLC. And basically, you know, what we, what we're looking for is business partners who will be, um, executive producers and part owners of the LLC um, 
who um, are active members of the LLC, so they actually take a take a, a role in making the movie happen. Um, and they bring capital with them, and they get a return on that capital, and a really nice return on that capital. You know, um, one of the one of sort of the filmmaking 101 rules is when it comes to to feature films um, is you know you have to take care of your investors, you have to take care of the people that are bringing the money, because they need to be happy at the end of the day, um, otherwise. The next movie doesn't get made. The episodic doesn't get made. You know, nobody else is going to give you money, and those people certainly aren't going to come back for a second time around if they aren't happy. So, um, so you know, the, the, the goal for this one, because it's my first feature, um, and I don't have a name, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't, you know, my name itself doesn't bring money. Um, it's really, really important that... Um, this movie not be about me making money, but about anybody who brings capital to the project making money. And so nobody gets any money until the the people who bring capital um, get 125% of what they put in. I see. I see. Now you mentioned the uh, episodic. So how is that going to work? The movie comes out eventually and then it goes mm-hmm. to episodic. Now, so what's the, the plan for distribution? Uh, you're looking at uh, Hulu, Netflix? Uh, it's everything. Be absolutely. Yeah, absolutely everything. I mean, the, 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 the thing is right now, you know, the VOD market, it's like it's, there are new things, there are new platforms popping up every day. And, um, and you know, there are uh, you know you can basically get your movie to everywhere in the world now and there and everyone is looking for new content so um the the whole distribution you know people distribution models and everything have changed over the last 5 years really dramatically because of that so you know we're looking at absolutely everything absolutely everything we want this movie out there on every platform yeah, that that's definitely the way to go. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and, and step back a little bit. So now you were actually Emmy nominated for your work on Anacostia. So what uh-huh. skills? Yeah, what skills does a producer uh, have to have uh, to work on a show like that? Well, I came on it as a director, and so basically came to direct one of the shows, and I, I and I ended up really co-directing a second one also and process um realized that they needed more than that you know they needed some help with editing and you know they they were kind of between editors and and stuff so I ended up editing one of the episodes and and you know helping with the editing on another and and most importantly I connected them um to Brad Bearwald um a local sound guy who's just brilliant and so he basically fixed the sound um on all of all of the episodes for this season and um so i got the producing credit from basically having done the stuff that i did after i directed you know just to help get it all made and you know get it all done and out there yeah and, i mean yeah, basically what yeah, i tell people about producing is you know 
to producing just means producing. I mean, producing means <laughs> making. You know what I mean? And yeah, exactly. When people, you know, when people ask me, "Can I be a producer?" I'm like, "Well, sure. can you produce?" You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> can. And some people, that's not their strength. You know, actually right. getting things done you know, may not be their their strength. But that's really the the. You know, as a producer, you just have to be really, really driven, really hardworking, you know, kind of type A, willing to work all hours of the day and night um, to get things done and to be able to and to be willing to get your hands dirty and do what needs to be done, you know, so that the end result is as good as it possibly can be. That That's very well said. Very well said. Yeah, what challenges have uh, you faced as a woman in the industry? Oh, boy. <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, you know, it, it, it's um, it's interesting. It's just sort of a general assumption. You know, there's an assumption. There's a general assumption when a man walks into a room, any room, or into a conversation and says, I'm a director or I'm a producer, where, you know, the other people in the room, whether they're men or women, tend to just make the assumption that, oh, you know, he's a producer, he's a director, he knows what he's doing. Um, often, as a woman, I get I get questioned a lot. You know what I mean? I, I, I sort of, and I think this is true, you know, as a woman just in general in life. You know, it's not just this industry. But we have to prove ourselves a little harder, you know? It's like, you know, you, you have to be able to, you have to fight a little bit harder because nobody's going to assume that you know what you're doing. The general assumption is going to be, hmm, does she know what she's doing? You know, and you mm-hmm. have to come at it and go, yeah, actually I do. Let me show you, you know? And so it's just a different, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's just different. You know, I, I get asked questions that I don't think men get asked as much, you know, um, like, you know, if, if, if I can find you, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, will you let someone else direct it? Mm. A project that I wrote, you know, I, I think that that gets asked less of men, you know, it, because mm. it's just not a, it's not something that, that people think about with men. They go, Oh, well, you say you're directing it. I guess you're directing it. You wrote it. And you know, I guess you know what you're doing. You've directed for 11 years, but you know, with a woman, they kind of go, ah, I don't know. You know, maybe we need a man in here. <laughs> So, you know, I, I just think there's that there's just a little bit of an attitude that we as a culture, and it's not just on men, you know, that we as a culture have toward women. You know, we're not used to as a culture really making the assumption that the woman that walks in the room knows what she's doing. Hmm. Yeah, that puts my mind of, uh, I guess, what was it, uh, Sylvester Stallone, I think he, that was sort of the, the character they hung in front of him about, you know, say, oh, well, offer you all this money if you, somebody else acts in the film and something that he wrote. So, I mean, it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. And yeah, he, it's crazy. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And he's a man. I mean, you know, so it does happen. But it, but also what he was running into, some of, you know, some of what he was running into is a problem in Hollywood, which is that if you're an actor, if you say I'm an actor, you're immediately um, sort of disregarded as someone who's important or someone who knows anything. You know, um, actors tend to be sort of, you know, to, to get kind of beaten around a bit in, in Hollywood. And 
treated like they don't know, whether they're men or women, you know, treated like they really don't yeah. know what and I, I think that's such a shame, you know, because there are many actors who do many more things than, than you know, than just acting. Not that there's anything wrong with just acting. But, I mean, you know, to, to assume that an actor couldn't be a producer or that an actor couldn't be a director or that an actor couldn't be whatever else they want to be, you know, um, sort of, you know, I, I think people assume that they're just a pretty face. And, you know, they're, they're human beings, multifaceted human beings like everyone else. Um, so I think that's kind of what, what Sylvester Stallone was probably running into a little bit because he wanted to act in it, you know. So his thing was, I want to act in this and, and produce it. And that's, you know, that's a, a big sort of no-no in Hollywood because, you know, if you're an actor, you must not know what you're doing. Right, yeah. I think that happens a lot. So I want to go mm-hmm. back in time a little bit. You know, you studied acting at the Beverly Hills Playhouse in L.A. Now, what are some <laughs> of the most valuable lessons you learned from out there? Oh, wow. Um, well, I, I would say um, I I definitely learned um, that attitude is as important. It's really more important than skill. Um, and that, uh, and doing your homework. Um, so as an actor, I think you have to take your craft very seriously. Um, you at the same time have to juggle being very comfortable in very uncomfortable situations, you know, on a regular basis, um, and being mistreated by a a lot of people in the industry because people don't tend to, especially in Hollywood, treat actors very well necessarily. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, doing your homework is probably the, the, the most important thing. You know, when you get an audition, going and doing a little research, you know, find out what is this project, what have these people done before, what's their style, what, what do they like, what, you know, and then, um, and then, you know, figure out who your character is and why they're there in the scene and what they want from the scene and make sure you know how to pronounce the words in the, in the dialogue that you're given, you know, just basic homework things, you know, like go, go find out about it so that you're, you know, not, not go memorize it. Um, Because memorizing it is really never the most important part of, of, of auditioning, but um, really just, um, understanding what you're saying, why is my character there? Who are they? Why are they there? What do they want? And you know, why are they saying this? Who are they speaking to? Why? Why would my character say this? And um, you know, I think that's that's one of the really valuable lessons I learned not only from the Beverly Hills Playhouse, but just from all my time as an actor, and then since then, you know, hiring actors um, is just you know, um, do your homework. And, um, and, and attitude really, really matters because when you're competing for a role, um, there are thousands of other people who can do that role just as well as you, you know, just as well. I mean, really, you know, even if you just nail it and give your best performance ever, there are a lot of other people who are going to go in there and nail it also and give a great performance. And so the difference often is, in attitude, you know, is, you know, are, are you walking into the room either, you know, like a diva or are you walking into the room 
um, you know, just trying to be overly nice to everybody and not being real, you know, <laughs> or, you know, are you, <laughs> passive, are you being passive aggressive? Are you being, you know, so meek and shy that, you know, that I'm, I'm going to lose confidence that you can do it. Um, you know, those kinds of things, those are all attitude related things. And those have a big impact on whether or not you get cast in things. You know, I, I used to tell my students, my acting students all the time, when I hire a plumber, if the plumber shows up at the door and kind of looks meek and sort of confused and I'm not sure where the kitchen is and is this the sink, I'm going to go, all right, you know what, <laughs> I think I need to take a plumber, <laughs> you know, I don't think I, you may know what you're doing, but you're not giving me any confidence here. And I think with a with any kind of you know, project, when I'm hiring people, I mean, this is my life that I'm putting into this project. This is my baby. I want to hire people on who know what they're doing. So I want you to come in and give me confidence that you can take my, what I, my words that I've written, you know, and you can do something special with it and you can give it, you know, um, importance in your, in your life and, and, you know, understand that it's very, very important to me. And, um, you know, and, and that you, you're going to come in and say, I, I know, I, I understand this part and I know what I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing. It's just like, a, uh, I like your plumber analogy. They, they know how to go right straight to the, the, the shutoff valve for the whole house or whatever it is for the electrician they know exactly where to go and they just have that knowledge. Okay, I'm going to jump right. right back into the, yeah, <laughs> jump back into the movie. And uh, so when is the movie movie slated to begin filming? Well, we're hoping to start, we, we still have to get all the funds in, obviously, but we're hoping to start filming at the very beginning of December, actually November 30th. Um, so that's what we're hoping for. Um, so we basically get it all shot just before the holidays. And what's the date you're looking at to release it? Well, if we get it shot then, um, we should be done right around June or July, which is a weird time for, you know, a horror movie. But um, but at the same time, because we're so low budget and small potatoes, um, you know, um, actually it's better not to release right around Halloween time because that's when all the bigger sort of horror things come out so you're competing with a lot a lot you know bigger stuff um right exactly you know a bigger fish in a in a smaller pond if you release in the summer you know and and lots of people do now that's right that's right yeah counter programming yeah exactly all right, so we're coming near the end of the show. Uh, so uh, put out there how fans can keep up with you. Well, we are all over the internet, <laughs> so <laughs> we're we are, um, and everywhere that we are is a zombie named Ted. I mean, there isn't anything that isn't called a zombie named Ted. So if you basically Google a zombie named Ted, you will find us on Facebook. You'll find our Kickstarter, which only is only is on there for another three days. Um, after we're after that ends, um, sometime after that ends, we'll start at Seed and Spark um, at SeedandSpark.com. Um, 
which will be kind of like an ongoing long-term thing where people can pitch in and kind of keep, keep in, you know, keep up with the project. But we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Google Plus, we're on Vine. Um, we're, we're out there and we have, you know, our website is www.azombienamedted.com. Um, you know, and there's, uh, you know, there's just, a, there are a million ways to contact us. Definitely interested business partners. I would love to hear from you. <laughs> Anne, A-N-N-E, at Um and, you know, I mean, we, we're really creating a community here. We have people all over the place helping us out and, and trying to move this along. And um, as far away as New Zealand. And um, so, you know, we're, we're an, we've got an Asian-American lead and a multi-ethnic cast and, you know, a female writer-director and um, Naomi Grossman. And we've got our local Ch- Chucky Thompson is our music supervisor, which we're really excited about. Um, we have a lot of exciting people on board. We're on IMDb. Check us out there. Uh, Greg Solomon, uh, your FX guy. You look, uh, yeah, he's our special. He's our special effects makeup guy. He's amazing. He did I Am Legend. Um, yeah, we have so many. We have Mark Tanner, um, who did uh, who was the art director um, for Waking the Divine. Um, we yeah, we have some really really cool talent. Um, Chucky Thompson is really, really exciting to me because a lot of people overlook soundtrack and soundtrack is always really important to me because I, I really, um, I'm moved by music, you know, um, I, I'm just, I'm just really moved by music. So a a soundtrack that, um, that gets my attention really makes a a movie for me, you know, really makes a difference. And so having him on board to do music supervising is is just really exciting because it means we're going to have a soundtrack that, you know, people remember. I was uh, in the editing class the other night, and the instructor had us go to YouTube. People actually recut, for example, the the trailer for The Shining. Uh And they would play that, and you'd put, like, some happy music over it, and it was just hilarious. It totally changed the tone. Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) as a director and a producer, having been an editor for the last 10 years really helps me a lot. It helps me so much when I go on set. I know exactly what I need and what I don't need because of editing, you know, because of having been an editor. Editing is so important. People just have no idea you know, the editing and the sound, the the music, you know, all of that really affects what your eyeballs see. You know, it really affects what you take in. You think it's just what you're watching, but it's all of your senses are being affected. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. Okay, and well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, it was not only fun, but very, very informative. Good. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm thrilled to have been invited onto your show. I mean, how often do you get invited to talk to the king of DC media? Uh, Not very often. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely have you uh, back on the show. Uh, I want to definitely uh, keep up with the project. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and I would love to be back.
All right, Anna. Hey, well, good luck to you and have a great night. Okay. Thanks, William. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. And let me leave you with, with this quote from uh, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn said, I like zombie movies. I like Walking Dead. If you are bitten by a zombie, you don't become a vampire or a werewolf. You become something that's not you. Good night.